Hello everyone, it's me, Japanese Bond. The lads are otherwise incapacitated this week, so they've asked me to upload this episode for them, which is a kind of collection of unused material from past episodes, so it's all never heard before stuff, you know, it's good, it's grand. It's not like they're just rehashing old clips or now. It's diminishing returns. Right, first up off the bat, we've got a whole wealth of unused material from that big Spider-Man episode they did a while back. Do you remember that? That was a long time ago, Spider-Man. First up, the lads, they're chatting about Stan Lee making a good old cameo. Then they have a little chat about uh, another cameo from Spider-Man 2. And then, if you recall in that episode, there was a big old Spider-Man quiz. Well... The actual recording for that quiz was really long. The vast majority of it got cut out of the episode for time. It was just so long and it was already a very long episode. So, presented at the end of this is the version of that quiz. You'll you'll hopefully enjoy it. I hope you like quizzes there. Um, Something I forgot to mention in the first film, but it's every bit as relevant here, is Stan Lee's cameo. <laughs> no, but aren't they perfect in the first two Spider-Man films? It's, what, it, what are they? It's like it, you blink and you miss it. He's just there. I th- in in the first yeah. one, he like pulls a kid out of the way of a falling yeah. rock from a built like a bit of rubble. Yeah, and it's like half a second shot. And the second one, I think he's in it even less. <laughs> it's like you literally like one shot that's on screen for like half a second, yeah. then he's gone. Well, this is when again he, he his cameos were literally just cameos. Yeah. It's like oh, he stood in the background of X Men or whatever. Whereas I think I think it was start starting with Spider Man three. He started to have lines mm. and they started making a, more of a thing about him, which I didn't like. Very but isn't much. it like doesn't it make you hark for those days watching these films where he doesn't like he's he's just there and gone, <laughs> and you don't you yeah, don't have him yeah, come out and say so. like, hey kids, it's me, the Stan Lee. How are you enjoying the movie? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently in the first film, I read this on Wikipedia, he he was supposed to actually have a line where he was he was supposed have you heard about this? He was supposed to go no. up to he was supposed to go up to Peter and say, Hey kid, would you like a pair of these glasses? They're like the kind they wore in the X-Men. Oh uh, yeah, was... no, I did yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. That'd have been dreadful. Oh god. Is it it is the third I, one? That's where on he has the DVD his... actually. I think I've seen that. Ah. Me and my friend used to take the piss out of it, and that's why that's why that line's so familiar to me. We used to just go up to each other and go, How about these? They wore them in the X-Men. <laughs> oh no, no, that's an outtake. Oh, is it? it he, that might have been a line, but there's a no, yeah, there's an outtake on the DVD ah. where he's like not in character and he holds up a pair of sunglasses to someone off camera and goes, How about these? They wore them in the X-Men. Unless that was just a deleted scene and it's shot weirdly, like he's mm. looking off to the side, but yeah, maybe. Um, little comment. You know at the end when Mary Jane's running away in her wedding dress, mm. uh, there's a guy who passes her and kind of looks back like, what's going on? And that is, I believe, the stuntman for Punisher in the Punisher movies. <laughs> and it was like a weird little... <laughs> thing that Sam Raimi wanted to put in like hey maybe we're gonna do a Punisher 
crossover. <laughs> yeah. um, I think he's wearing like the Punisher outfit as well, just like a black t-shirt and a leather jacket or something. It's this oh, really odd little really thing. Niche cameo. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's all the weirder back then, because obviously these were very separate universes, and there's another instance of that here, actually, where they make a reference to Doctor Strange. Did that strike you as odd in retrospect? Uh, I don't know if I picked up on it. They're, they're, um, when they're trying to come up with a name for Dr. Octopus at the newspaper, and, and it's uh. like, Dr. Octopus, who, who came up with this? And, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, the other guy's like, you know, we should call him Green Meanie, or <laughs> I don't know. No, that's Green Goblin, isn't it? Or maybe it's the first film. No, no it's no, the, first, right. the second yeah, one. Yeah. They're, they're, they're trying to come up with names for him, and they're throwing names around, and then someone goes like, what about Doctor Strange? And then he goes, that's really good, but it's already taken. Oh, yeah. See, I, it's like I think a little I, nod to Yeah, it. it's just a like, look, all the comic book geeks are going to watch this, they'll dig that. Let's show, throw a little gag in there. Yeah. Yeah. It always annoyed me that though, because Doctor Strange is a really shit name. It is quite <laughs> so, yeah. So so J. Jonah Jameson should be like, that's a shit name, <laughs> and it's already taken. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's round one over and done with. Now it's fun, alright? So, <laughs> round two. This round is entitled... Well, shall we Shall we not call it round two, just in case you want to cut that out? <laughs> <laughs> All right. This round is called Too Soon. Spider-Man was rebooted far, far too soon. But now, Correct. the last... True. <laughs> <Forget point. laughs> now the last Raimi film is, uh, well, 10 years old, Spider-Man 3. So, can we talk about everyone who's been in those films who's now dead? There's 14 credited cast members who are in all three of the Sam Raimi films. What percentage oh. of them are now dead? Uh, whoever Ooh. guesses the closest number wins. Let's say five points. What percentage of... Percentage so there's 14, of 14, 14 characters. 14 what percentage of them are now dead? These are, the, these are the people who have been... Sorry, not characters. These are actors who have been credited in all three yes, films. Yes, yes. Sorry, the actors. Yeah, yeah. Can we guess a number out of 14 rather than the percentage and be... Oh, oh yeah, that's a good idea. 14, percentages of 14. Um, okay. I'll have to add them all up, though. All right, I've done it. What? <laughs> I going to say, I'm gonna, is it going to be two or three? <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that uh, two of them are dead. Okay. Alan? I can't think many at all. I'm... Okay, I'm go- I'll go higher. I'll go three. Alan, you are bang on. It is three credited cast members mm. out of the 14. Um, Uncle Ben's one of them, isn't he? Uncle Ben is one of them. Cliff Robertson, who is sadly no longer with us. Bill Nunn is now dead. He was oh, the I did know black Bill guy Nunn in, dead, the, yeah. uh, in the newsroom. And uh, John Paxton. Bill Paxton's father, who has got weird little cameo roles in all the oh. films. He is also now That's dead. Interesting. You know, Bill Nunn is a bit too of a bit too much of a name actor to be that such a small role. I didn't really know why he's in it. I know Bill Nunn's not exactly a huge star, but he's what, a well-established actor. What about actor. Ted Raimi? In, in, as his... <laughs> okay, so that is that. But, Alan, you are now in the lead. I will give you another point for each additional cast member you can name who is now dead in those films, if you can name any. There are four. Oh, God. Um... <laughs> Uh, and they are all small roles. No. In one film apiece. No? 
Calvin? Are we just doing the original trilogy? Yeah, the original Raimi film. Uh, I, uh, I only know the stars. Well, the answers are Macho Man Randy Savage, who played Bonesaw McGraw in the first one, the wrestler guy. Uh, Hal Fishman, who was the newsreader in the third film. Lucy Gordon, who's that inexplicably British newsreader, like, reporting on the stuff at the end, who died uh, very young. And Jim Coop, who was a newsstand patron. (laughs) So I don't even know if he had any lines in the films. Okay, round three. Or two. (laughs) (laughs) Other than Peter Parker, which characters depicted in any of the Spider-Man movies have also donned the suit? Ooh, uh, the little um, boy in Amazing Spider-Man Two. By which I mean, um, have been Spider-Man in one form or another, rather than just wearing the suit. <laughs> okay, well, that, uh, Grace. Harry was, wasn't he? Harry, yes. that no. is a that is uh, no, that's not correct. Oh, <laughs> Topher Grace's character. No, because he not that's the symbiote. That's not Spider-Man's costume. It's not the. Hang uh... on, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Other than Peter Parker. Yeah. Which characters depicted in any of the Spider-Man movies have also donned the suit, have become Spider-Man? This is in the comic books, in other media, oh, but okay. characters depicted so in the film, film so that you're familiar oh. with them. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Aunt May. Aunt May is correct. Yes! In an alternate universe, Aunt May was bitten instead of Peter and becomes... I'll give you an extra point if you can guess what she called herself. Spider-May? No. It's, Aunt it's a Spider? It, Aunt Spider? No. <laughs> Spider Mam. <laughs> oh God. God, brilliant! I love it. Oh, come I want to read so that. Shite, aren't they? <laughs> you're two points behind Alan, so if you can get any more. Of these... <laughs> oh, uh, can I just shout out? Yeah, yeah. We're just guessing characters, then I guess. Yeah, Mary Jane. Mary Jane. Yes, in uh, in Marvel's new manga verse, <laughs> oh. Mary Jane becomes Spider Woman and is trained by Peter Parker in the ways of the Spider Clan. Hmm. J. Jonah Jameson. J. Jonah Jameson, I will give you a half point for that. <laughs> I bet he did it to get a photo or something. In a deleted scene in Spider-Man 2, he literally puts on Spider-Man's costume and prances around, <laughs> like, pretending oh. to shoot web people, and then someone walks in and is very awkward. Um, hmm. the, well, yeah, Green Goblin, or the young Green Goblin. No. Either of them. No, no, no. <laughs> there's, there's uh, Gwen, Gwen Stacy. Gwen, Gwen Stacy. Spider-Gwen is an ongoing comic book series started in 2015 <laughs> focused on an alternate reality where Gwen was bitten rather than Peter. Kurt Connors. No, but uh, you're, you're on the right lines. Um, so, uh, Doc Ock. Dr. Octavius, uh, correct. Lizard. Dr. Octopus oh, no, uh, put his mind <laughs> into Peter Parker's body to become, uh, well, basically to beat him. Uh, huh. But once he became like part of his body he obtained his memories and became a good guy and becomes the superior spider-man um, it's a comic series that ran from 2013 to 14 there's three left but you probably won't sandman no the the other characters that are in it. i'll give you a clue they're all like young teenage kids like the roughly the oh same the, bully. The, the, the bully the high school bully Yes, Flash Thompson in an issue of What If, which is something Marvel does where they just look at what if so-and-so got bitten instead of so-and-so. Oh, what, if, what if this happened instead of that? 
Don't they do that in like just alternative lines anyway? It's yeah. It's so cheap, isn't it? <laughs> no, there's a great issue um, of um, DC do something like that and they do what if Superman landed in Soviet Russia? It's great. <laughs> Soviet um, communist Superman. Anyway. I've got one. Um, the, the astronaut. Yes. Uh, John Jameson in that same issue of What's If? Or an yes. issue of What's If? Yes. There were three. He's the only the young person I could think of. I don't know. There were anymore. three in that What's If thing that did this. You're not going to guess this other one, I don't think. So I'll give you another clue. Um, she was portrayed by an actress who <laughs> wasn't a very big deal, but then was. Felicity Jones's character. No. No, no, the the the, the secretary of the uh, editor. Yes, Betty Brown. Oh, Elizabeth Brandt. Banks. Elizabeth Betty Brown's character. Yes, <laughs> that is right. that is all of them. Okay, final round. This is the this is the fun round now. Um, do you remember the Sony hacks from North Korea? Yes. And all that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So a whole load of Spider-Man stuff came out in those hacks. So for this round, you need to think like a movie executive, circa May two thousand and fourteen. Um, I'm going to read the email uh, from Amy Pascal um, about casting the Sinister Six movie, and I will also read extracts from a reply sent to that email, but I have redacted the names. You are going to try to guess what actors they are talking about. Can you fill me in on what the Sinister Six is? Sinister Six (laughs) is a collection of villains like Suicide Squad, uh, but with Spider-Man villains. So Green Goblin was going to be in the team, but obviously that was cast with the kid in Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, Paul Giamatti as the Rhino was going to be in there, but he's obviously already been cast. Mm-hmm. And I believe um, What's-His-Name as the Lizard was going to be in there, but the hints are that Dr. Octavius is also going to be in there, Sandman's going to be in there, and hmm. someone else. So, I believe Black Cat, actually. Felicia Hardy. So, I will begin. <laughs> Quotes. I can't help but think of blank in the secret life of Walter Mitty. Could be Doc if he played it that way? Question mark. Uh, so they're casting Dr. Octavius. The reply was, I love oh, Ben Stiller in everything. I say I only know Ben Stiller, innit? Wait, I've got it. Okay, Alan. Who Ricky Gervais. No, Ricky Gervais. you are both wrong. I'm afraid it's Sean Penn. <laughs> Sean Penn. Yeah. Okay, continuing on. Blank, because he is mostly always blank. They're still casting for Doctor Octopus. <laughs> Wait, was the was the second blank the word blank? It's the same word in both instances that has been redacted. So it's his name. It is his name. It is his first name. They do not use a surname, but it's safe to assume Ooh. it's this actor they are talking about. Say so it must be. Has to be someone with a their just bare first name. Clint. <sighs> Madonna. <laughs> No, it's, it's, it's Denzel, as in Washington. Oh. Doc has got to be the leader, have enough quirks that he isn't boring as the straight man, can be funny, but as got to take the whole thing seriously. Blank would be... Will Smith. Hang on. Blank would be so good. <laughs> and then the reply, blank would be great, but I also see it coming somehow. Yeah. You're going Will Smith. Calvin? Uh, well, he fits that description, so yeah. Uh, for Doctor Octopus, yeah. um, uh, yeah, it would Philip Seymour, Jonah Hill. No, no, no. Uh, it's George Clooney. Next one up, Calvin. You might, you might get this. May two thousand fourteen. Zac Efron. <laughs> Blank is perfect, but he will never be available in Feb ever. Reply: Blank is perfect. In February. 
Oh, so it's an actual TV show. February. I would have thought da- it, Daniel it is, Craig. It is, it is Daniel Craig. Yes. How did you get that? <laughs> because he's always making Bond films in February. Is he? No, he isn't. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> I don't know. Right. Actually, he would be perfect for Does that. Does blank seem smart enough? Reply. Blank feels totally alive to me. I believe he loves this woman so much that it drives him mad, and also that he's a genius in the dancing woo-lee masters kind of way. Brackets. Anybody? I've just never seen it. And he can also kick a little ass. Your biggest clue is, does he seem smart enough? Mark Wahlberg. No. but you're not Jeremy million, Renner. You're not a million miles away, no. <laughs> Uh, Shia LaBeouf? No, it was Matthew McConaughey. Oh. Can we get away with blank? Can we pay him? Reply. Blank would be amazing. Crazy expensive. But I like it. Tom Cruise. Brad Pitt. I'm going to let you have another side of it. Will Smith. Sean Connery? Will Smith. Now that means they were angling for Willie Wilbur Smith. To be in Suicide Squad. Uh, sorry, before mm. they made Suicide Squad. So Sinister Six, the Suicide Squad, before they made it. And then DC mm. swept in and were like, let's let's do that. Too expensive. Um, and then this is three in one. Let's see if you can get this. Blank, blank, blank. None of these guys are going to do it. So think about like real pie in the sky good actors here. Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> In 2014. Yeah, you never know. Pie in the sky. Pie in the sky for uh, a movie executive. Uh, one of them. One of their good. names has already been thrown out by you Anthony guys. Hopkins. No. Ben Affleck. Oh wait. Oh Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Tom Cruise is one of them. Yeah. Uh, Affleck. No. Clooney. No. Casey Affleck. Uh, no. I'll give you ten seconds to. They're just major Hollywood guys. Jack um, Nicholson. No, they need to be younger than that. Two, one, time up. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. No, Brad Pitt was a point though, so that's a point for you there, Cameron. Uh, the other two Hooray. were Leonardo DiCaprio, oh, and as he's referred to in the email, DDL, Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, he'd do it. <laughs> <clears throat> I need to go through these Sony emails about the so much good stuff. Fascinating, especially on the subject of Spider-Man. Now mm. we're moving on to Sandman. Sandman. Oh for fuck! Oh wait, wait. How many characters are there? So, Sandman is so easy, and there are so many ways to go with the character. Blank, blank, blank. <laughs> Reply. <laughs> Our director loves blank for Sandman. I do too. We also talked about blank brackets, who I think wants to play Venom. Blank would be spectacular if not Matthew is Ock. Just don't want everyone to be 50. <laughs> so you've got three people here. Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum is correct. <laughs> yes, because I know he wants to play Venom. Does he? We talked about it earlier, didn't we? No. Who's playing Venom? You said Tom Hardy. Oh, never mind then. Tom Hardy. Tom oh, Hardy, just... correct. That's a point. <laughs> oh. And there's one more who is of the um, not wanting everyone to be 50 comment, really. That Jeff Goldblum. No. <laughs> Alan? Bruce. No, it's Woody Harrelson. 
Woody Allen. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where my mind went. <laughs> <laughs> that okay. would be great. Now, okay. that would be and and another name they threw out at the end of that discussion, blank. Brackets. He could also be Felicia Hardy, close brackets. He could also be Felicia It's a very odd comment. But Casey he is Affleck? A, he is an odd-looking chap who's... Steve Buscemi. <laughs> oh, um, uh, Ezra Miller. No. Oh, Tom Jared, Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. Okay. Why am I worried about blank? I think I saw a picture of her and she looked anorexic. Reply, <laughs> Drew has a strong feeling about blank, but good to talk options. Cara Delevingne. No. Alan? Funny looking, uh... anorexic looking women. No, go on. Emily Blunt. Alan, you win the big Spider-Man quiz with 27.5 points <laughs> against Calvin's <laughs> rather pathetic 22 points. It, what, it was only five behind. <laughs> <laughs> Those emails are fascinating, by the way. There, there's a whole load of stuff in there where um, they're trying to figure out what the fuck to do, and one of the ideas is uh, seriously investigate making Sam Raimi and or David Coep creative overlords and invite Raimi to pull a Brian Singer wow. on X-Men and return to the franchise as the filmmaker. Interesting. Uh, among all... Basically, they, they were trying to get, like, about five different continuities going at once with different Spider-Man movies, and it, it sounded just like absolute madness, and they didn't have a clue what they were doing, and one of them mm. wanted to have Silver Age Spider-Man and a separate trilogy going on at the same time, and that's bizarre. Yeah, it really, huh. really is, and it's no surprise that they have ended up with uh, just handing it over to Marvel. Yeah, uh, no, it makes more sense. Give it to people who know what they're doing. Right, hello, it's me again, Japanese Bond here again. I'm a real diminishing returns Kotaku I am, so I'm here with all my notes about which episode each bit's from. This here's just a bit of a, uh, a quick cut from the uh, episode about Rise of the Planet of the Apes. If you, if you remember that, the lads, they did a, a kind of two-part episode about the Planet of the Apes series a while back. And this was just some nice anecdotes about uh, going to the cinema in general, I guess. If you've ever been to the cinema and they've kind of got it a bit messed up. When I saw this in the cinema, actually... I, I missed the first, like, minute or so in the jungle because it was... This is going to test how how much of a moviegoer you are, I suppose, if this has ever happened to you. But it was it was that thing where the projection was, like, out of focus. Mm. And it was a packed, packed cinema. And I was right at the back. And I waited about 20 seconds. Just saw, right, no one's going to do anything, for fuck's <laughs> sake. So I, I had to get up from the back of the cinema, run down to the front, <laughs> go outside, go, you know, screen 12's out of focus, run back in, run back up to, to <laughs> watch it come into focus. No one else got out of their seats or anything. It was just bizarre how, like, <laughs> the British are uh, <laughs> with that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I it was the first time I actually saw that opening sequence when I rewatched the film the other night because um, I missed it first time round bit of trivia for you about my life <laughs> hmm. has that ever happened to you where a film's out of focus uh... in fact it's happened to you we saw the crazies yes, together didn't we yes, I was about and you were again the only person to leave <laughs> and, uh, but at least uh... in that there were only about 
ten people in the screen and we were near the front. I didn't mind that one so much. Yeah, but it was your birthday. (laughs) 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 Uh, No, I I had um, a speaker... um, I had a speaker explode. Well, not explode, but it went um, <laughs> halfway through. It was my second time watching um, The Force Awakens, which would uh, which would have been my first had I not looked out and got a ticket to the premiere two days before. All right. But um, that was the thing Mr. where... Mr. Industry, show off. <laughs> that was uh, one of the things where people kept going out to like tell the people behind the thing. So, so basically, every other speaker was working apart from like the main one at the front. And so mainly, like, mainly dialogue was being channeled through that speaker, so all the special effects and music was playing perfectly, but everyone was talking a bit <laughs> like this. And um, several people went out to complain, and the people outside kept saying, oh, no, no, it's fine, it's fine, it'll be fine in a minute. And then it just wasn't, and then eventually at half an hour in, they like, did something to the speakers to make it work again. But anyway, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just felt really bad for all these like Star Wars fans who was like this was their first like time seeing it. They were like super excited, and then the speaker exploded. <laughs> you were sat there going, "Oh, I saw it before it was released." <laughs> 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 yeah, so I was on my high horse. I know what they're all saying. Something I notice a lot now actually is just when. Do you ever go to the cinema and like the projection bulb is obviously like on its way out, and they really ought to change it, but Mm. a lot of big chains are really shitty about this because they can, like, squeeze the pennies and not change them like when they're supposed to. Yeah. So you end up with a film that's just, like, flickering and, and, like, really inconsistently lit up. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I think just no one else in this... I've sat through so many films because I can't be bothered getting up and making a fuss about it, but it winds me up. Hmm. Um, anyway, did um, missing the opening scene d- affect you much? Because, I mean, it's it's just um, really... You, you see Caesar's mother being captured. No. <laughs> right, now, here we go. This is, uh, this is what I think we've all been waiting for, guys. It's only some cut material from my Tour de Force episode, You Only Live Twice. First of all, there's a, a bit of chat about Saki being served at the correct room temperature. Then uh, there's a little a little appearance from a shelf which was cut for time. Uh, I'm not entirely sure why why you'd ever cut my my glorious appearances, <laughs> but uh, maybe they felt that uh, it's better to leave them wanting more, you know. And finally, the, there's an appearance from uh, some more of my pals and uh, relatives. Politically correct Bond, among others, he, he pops up there. So, uh, hope you enjoy these clips, lads. It's a bloody great episode, this one, that these are taken from. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I've got another, I've got another bit. <laughs> um, when he's with uh, Tiger Tanaka, he mm. goes, he, he, they drink uh, sake together. Mm. And, um, <laughs> and Bond goes, uh, oh no, I like Japanese sake. And then he drinks it, he goes, especially when it's served at the correct temperature. Now, uh, 98.4 degrees Fahrenheit, very nice. That's basically what he says. Yes. Now, I thought, 98.4 degrees, that's extraordinarily specific. Um, <laughs> like, how would you even begin to judge that on a sort of day-to-day basis? Uh, so I looked into it. Uh, this is what Wikipedia says. It says, um, oh. it says in Japan, sake is served chilled at room temperature or heated, depending on the preference of the drinker, the quality of the sake and the season. Typically hot sake is a winter drink 
And high-grade sake is not drunk hot because the flavors and aromas will be lost. Mm. The masking of flavor is the reason that low-quality and old sake is often served hot. There are gradations of temperature, both for chilling and heating, about every 5 degrees or 9 degrees Fahrenheit, with hot sake generally served around 122 degrees Fahrenheit and chilled Mm. sake around 50 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, Mm. like white wine. And uh, that is it, yeah. So there you go. Total, total bollocks from uh, James Bond. <laughs> well, maybe it was true 50 years ago, Alan. <laughs> I, I think it's very in keeping with his character that you just have this completely incorrect knowledge in his head <laughs> and go around talking it like as if it was gospel. But um, it impresses that, that's me. the opposite of like... That, that's why you're meant to have like crap beer and crap cider. They always tell you to serve it ice cold, serve it over ice, and like you know, fosters and stuff. They'll they'll serve it like as chilled as possible because the colder you get it, the more it masks Less you the taste it. lack mm. of flavor and hmm. and uh, the high quality stuff, the high quality booze. You don't have to worry about chilling, but like red wine. So he's in Japan. <laughs> so he gets to the Japanese. Oh, Alan, oh, hello. There's... there's someone at the door there. Oh, hello. Oh, look who it is. It's uh, Japanese Bond again. He's back. Hello, it's me, Japanese Bond. Oh, hello. Uh, we just had a question for you, actually. Um, oh, yes. What, what, was the name of, what was the name of your wife, your, your Japanese Bond wife? Oh, I don't know. She never actually told me her name <laughs> oh. during the course of the marriage. Oh. Oh, <laughs> Sorry to bother you. I, just, I was just watching a film and I... Uh, uh, a crazy Japanese girl started climbing out of the television, so I thought I'd better come <laughs> over here. Oh yeah, yeah, we know that film. That's uh, yes. that's the Ring. Uh, yes, the Ring. Yes. That's called. Yeah, yeah. We reviewed She's... that a while ago. <laughs> anyway, I'm off to uh, I'm off to the karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> See you uh, later. What's, what's, what, what song do you do on your karaoke? What do you give him? Japanese Bond. Oh, I do um, li- oh, the living, living daylights. <laughs> Uh, you're a fan of Aha, are you? Yes, yes, all, all the hits. I do all the hits. I do that one. I do Gold Fingers. You've gone a bit less Japanese, Japanese Bond. You seem to have lost the Japanese bit of Japanese. Did, did you jump in a bit of water and it all washed off? Well, well I, I alternate... I alternate those with um, turning Japanese in between every song to remind myself of my sensitive Japanese heritage. <laughs> okay. Oh, what? What? Um, just a quick question, Japanese Bond. Um, what? What's the right temperature to serve Japanese sake? I mean, as a man of Japanese culture and heritage, you'll definitely know the answer to that. Everyone knows it's ninety-four point five degrees Fahrenheit or whatever. <laughs> Ah, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I'll take your word for it. I'm no, I'm no Japanese expert. Yeah, and if you look um, it up and it says something different, that's that's wrong. It's racist. <laughs> if you look it up and it doesn't say that, it's being racist. You sound very Scottish, Japanese Bond. Well, I hear that a lot, but I'm actually Japanese. <laughs> okay. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, um, we're going to get to the pictures now, Japanese bonds. So, oh, uh, oh, very good. Very we'll speak good. to you later then. Uh, sayonara. Sayonara, what does that mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just this is dialectical thing. It's... Oh, right. Well, I'll, I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that was that was nice of him to pop by again. <laughs> I really do need to go now. Oh, like, it's um, politically correct bonds just come back. Oh, well, that was very insensitive. I don't think you should include. I don't think you should be making fun of the dead. A politically correct bond. What? How would you deal with a woman if she was acting up? A woman. I would treat her exactly the same way I would treat a man <laughs> if he were acting up. Well, good. Be very polite and courteous, and <laughs> ask if like they would. So would you hit? Ask if they were on their period. <laughs> I can't keep this up. It's out of my nature. My name's James Bond. Oh God! Calm down, James. Jesus. He's gone into sixties Bond. <laughs> oh God! There's another one. It's Austin Powers Bond. <laughs> yeah, baby. All right. Shut the doors. Oh no! Kick him out. Oh, no. We can't go into another film. Oh no! It's Shrek. <laughs> Oh, donkey. <laughs> Shrek Bond, could you please give these onions back to French Bond? <laughs> he left them. Oh, onions are like ogres. <laughs> all right, all right. I've heard it before. Yeah, yeah we get it. All right. All right. <laughs> okay, right. Oh, we're we're going to stop recording so that we can uh, get all these people off our property. Some more clips now. Uh, going back to the shallows. Here the lads went off on a bit of a tangent chatting about statistics and specifically things that you're more likely to be harmed by than a bloody shark. When I was doing a bit of research in terms of my pitch, I was looking up things that are more dangerous than sharks, right? Mm. And one of them that was specifically cited was jellyfish. Do you mean statistically? (laughs) Yeah, jellyfish kill more people than sharks do. Because I I never quite... I take issue with a lot of these sorts of statistics. Hey, I tell like, you what. Oh, oh it's more there dangerous. There was some fucking bullshit. Yeah. Donkeys are more dangerous than sharks because they kill more people each year. Yeah, well, there's more people hanging around with donkeys interacting all the with time. donkeys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the, the interest there was some very. I, I was on Buzzfeed, right? I looked on this Buzzfeed list, and I tell you, what, Buzzfeed's a weird thing, isn't it? Like that is. Uh, I mean, I am aware of Buzzfeed. I'm not like completely out of the loop, mm-hmm. but. It's not something I really go on very often, and it is just a, a big list of lies. I don't really know what the point of it is. <laughs> I don't really understand what the point of that is. <laughs> it's clickbait, isn't it? It's just like, what can we get bored people in offices to? But click it was just on? completely Ooh, top eleven. Like, there was it was ob- obviously it was completely unsighted in terms of information. But just from common sense, I knew that a lot of it was lies. It was just bullshit. I, I understand how numbers work, and I know that these were not true numbers. <laughs> like, it was just a simple thing. One thing I read said that the chances of being in a fatal car accident are one in two hundred and seventy-two. Well, that's which at first, not at first, true. I was thinking that means like if you go to work and back every day, you're going to die like every hundred and thirty-six days, <laughs> like on average. I was like, that doesn't make. But I think what it meant was it was badly worded. I think what it meant was that. For every 272 people die, one of them is in a car accident, uh, which makes a bit more sense. I um, can believe that. And I that. don't know if, that, that, if that's in, like, just in America, maybe. I don't know what the stats were. But it was so worded so badly. It was, I was like, wow, that, that is obviously bullshit. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I found the shark article on BuzzFeed. 12 things more likely to kill you than a shark. And I'm scrolling down, and I can't, when does it start? It's just like, there's tweets of Ricky Gervais supporting the <laughs> Western Australian nonsense, government to stop the shark cull, and there's a lot of stuff <laughs> like that, but when does the actual... Oh, here we are. Oh, 
Smoking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, smoking isn't more dangerous than sharks. It's just that, like, I don't live in the sea in shark-infested water, but yeah. I might. If you start if you swam with twenty sharks a day, yeah. it might be more dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Alcohol. Breast I cancer. I, I mean, yeah, I, I I will I'll admit <laughs> that cancer is more likely like is more deadly than sharks. Yes. Okay. Are you um, are you on twenty things that kill more people than sharks every year? No, I'm on. 12. I think that's the one I went on. Carl. Oh, oh, I'm on twenty. I also see that there's another one for twenty-four. My top one is obesity, and they've helpfully <laughs> uh, displayed this with like a large man in a motor scooter thing. Uh, I've got breast cancer, skin cancer. I assume there's oh car accidents, drowning. Wait, on that. On that list that you're looking at, Calvin, is is dogs on there down near the bottom? It says, see, like, I've got hippos. I've got yeah, hippos guns on there. Volcanoes. Autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> shopping on Black Friday. Well, that'll be statistically what? that, like... Kills 550 people. people annually. That cannot be that's true. That's what I'm Bullshit. talking about. There's, that is not that is, true. That is, what I'm, that, that is the list I looked at. There's, 550 there's people maybe... do not get killed by Black Friday... Like Black, maybe Black one Friday. every now and then because someone falls over. No, and Black Friday. Them. So there's like one. There's a handful of people who've like got so angry they've shot people on Black Friday. <laughs> if you count that as Black Friday, um, <laughs> I think there are like a very very small number of people who've been crushed to death. Maybe once or twice that's happened. And then, yeah. and then maybe you could make an argument for like the stress of it causing a heart attack or <laughs> car crashes on the way to the shops or something. But even that's tenuous. But you're you'd be looking at less than that number for every Black Friday ever held <laughs> overall. I would expect maybe that yeah, many by, people by died times. on Black Friday. Yeah, maybe on that. Yeah, in, maybe that's it. Just state. on that day. No, it, it <laughs> says killed annually. Yeah, every year that happens. Yeah, every year. <laughs> Falling out of bed kills 450 people annually in the United that, States. Ah, uh, well, that does kill people sometimes, but I, even yeah, that, I don't that'll be that old many. people who are like shatter as they yeah, hit yeah, the ground. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bathtubs. Yeah, similar thing. Slip and mm. smack it, yeah. break your neck. That does happen. Yeah. Deer. Okay, icicles. But yeah, there's another one. Deer kills however many people. No. Travelling at 50 miles an hour in a car and hitting a deer kills you. Yeah, the deer yeah. doesn't being kill you. It's not like it rips the, your throat uh, out. On the <laughs> antlers, which is a thing that happens more often than you oh, think. I've gotten to jellyfish and dogs. There you go. So what does I've it say for dogs, right? falling out of bed. Horse riding accidents here. Well, dogs. yeah, because you're, you're riding a horse, so that's a really dangerous thing to do. I'm yeah. not surprised Dog- at all. Ladders kill, kill 19 people, according to me, every year. That's not fair to blame it on a ladder. But that's it, it's like maybe falling off them, maybe, but no. Maybe, yeah. like, oh, tell, precariously Calvin, tell me the, the dogs climbing are, you Dog. know, around high places. Dogs kill 30 people annually in the United States. This one says... There you go, right? That's, that's, that's a stat I saw, and then I was looking at something else, and it said, like... Oh, after mosquitoes and humans, like dogs are the third biggest killer of people. Two hundred and fifty thousand a year. Like, what the fuck? Two hundred fifty thousand people killed by dogs. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, well, this says, and then that one says fifty people, or whatever it was. This says bee stings. So ten people die a year from bee stings, according to this. Which, like, 
Yeah, but that's specifically people who are allergic to bee stings, and I'm not. So if you're trying to make me less scared of sharks, it's not gonna... And at the end it says, but somehow sharks are the bad guys. Now a while back, for some reason the lads, they did an episode on Beavish and Butthead Dure America. It's a very bloody weird choice if you ask me. It's not even bloody Japanese or James Bond. Like, why would you even bother? We got a bit of pre pre record preamble. The lads went off on a bit of a, a bit of a tangent, just having a chat. We've got another quiz here. This was entirely cut for time, which was a quiz about King of the Hill and Futurama. And then at the end there, they go off on a bit of a tangent about Kevin Smith. I've got weights now. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I thought, you know, because we sit here, you know, doing this for out, 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 oh no, you just heard That's me. A good idea. Yeah. Just yeah. Um, it's like, you know. Just pump some iron just, while you're there. Exactly, yep. Just sit in my chair, pumping some iron. So, you know, keep, keep, keeps the mind going. <laughs> <laughs> but I've only got, I, I had them delivered to work and they were too heavy to, for me to carry them both back. So I've only got, <laughs> I've only got one. Why did you do I've that? I've only got one with me at the moment. <laughs> So I'm go- I'm gonna be swapping Wait, did between the, did, hands. Did the uh, did the mail boy from the the, the uh, from the mail room have to like bring it up on a trolley? Here you go, Mister Dyson. And then like he he just he's just carrying it effortlessly. He drops it into your arms and you fall to the floor. It was a bit like that, yeah. To be honest. Wait, how how heavy are they? Um, they're two uh, three kilograms. Is it is it kilograms? What they're three kilograms each, and there's two of them. Yes. And you could and you couldn't carry them. Well, I could, but with with not with not effortlessly. Oh, <laughs> so okay. I only I only took one back, and I've got a new rucksack. So I didn't want to tear it by uh, putting in too much weight. Did you um? Did you like take it out of the package and everything, and just carry it home, like as if you were power walking? I mean, it weights in the hands. Oh no, I put it in my rucksack. <laughs> oh, this. Oh yeah, I'll be doing some working out later. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to impress everyone. Oh, yeah. Hey. Anyway, yes. Um, you know who else actually started um, on Beavis and Butthead? One of the writers they drafted in. No. David X. Cohen, I know he worked on it. Yes, David <laughs> X. Cohen. Yeah, yeah, as David S. Cohen, but he got his start writing for Beavis and Butthead as it took off, and I think that was his first writing gig, and then... Um, jumped off of that onto the Simpsons and went on to be the showrunner for Futurama and yeah hmm. there there's a there's a lot of um there's a lot of ties between Futurama and and Mike Judge actually I, I think I think King of the Hill and Futurama might have shared a casting assistant or something because there's a lot of the same voice actors on there on the two shows yeah I prepared a little game in fact that's might as well be when I I go into it I don't know if I can be bothered with it <laughs> Yeah, might as well. I'll edit it out. I'm looking for stuff to do. Right. Okay. Okay, guys. I've I've got a list here of every actor who's appeared on both Futurama and King of the Hill. Oh, God. <laughs> and I want you to tell me, basically, like, higher or lower, if you think they're in more Futurama episodes or more King of the Hill episodes. I'll tell you who they voiced on Futurama. Okay. To, to help you okay. out. How many okay, episodes? So... Wait, how long did Futurama run for? It wasn't... Like Futurama who? ran for 140 episodes. King of the Hill ran for 200 and uh, about 220 or something. Okay, okay. 13 seasons of King of the Hill and seven production seasons of Futurama. So 
nearly twice as much King of the Hill, I guess. Okay, so number one, uh, Billy West, who is the voice of, among many, many others, Fry, Zoidberg, The Professor, Zap Brannigan. Mm. Well, he's in every episode of Futurama, uh, and he's not a regular on King of the Hill, so uh, it's got to be Futurama, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, correct, he's in more Futurama, but he was in five episodes of King of the Hill, just as intermittent random characters. It, it, It just weirdly dropped in throughout the show's run. Mm. Okay, Phil Lamar, the voice of Hermes and most of the black characters on Futurama. <laughs> Again, he's probably in almost every episode of Futurama, or certainly yeah. the vast majority. And I, and I don't, again, I don't think he's a regular on King of the Hill, not that I can think of. So I guess he'd have to be less... Well, yeah, you, you, you are correct. He's uh, he was in 132 of Futurama's episodes, but he was in 18 King of the Hill episodes as well. Mm. There was a role that Chris Rock voiced initially that he took over from, among others, who was sort of a recurring regular in later seasons. Okay, Lauren Tom, the voice of Amy Wong. I'm going to say Futurama. Are you, are you guys familiar with King of the Hill? Should I? I should yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't watched all of them. Are you familiar enough to be aware of Min and Connie? I know. Yeah. The the Asian neighbors who uh Oh, King of the Hill. <laughs> They're Laotian. Yes, they are. <laughs> so does uh does she voice them then? Well yeah, the the, the kid sounds exactly like Amy and the kid's mum sounds exactly like Amy's mum. So yeah. <laughs> They're kind of her two voices she does. Much like how the old lady that Cloris Cloris Leishman voices in Be- in the Beavis and Butthead movie sounds exactly like the old lady that she voices in that one episode of The Simpsons. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Cloris Leishman is an old woman, and yet she has an old woman voice that she, she does did, for cartoons. Yeah, she's she doing an old woman. do her regular thing, but no. Anyway. I did like that, yeah. Okay, next. You haven't guessed yet. Future Armour oh, or King of the King Hill. Of the well, I'm, I'm going... Yeah. Alright, for the sake of argument, I'll go Future Armour, just because I know mm. the, the neighbours weren't in every episode of King of the Hill. Um, on, yeah, you are correct, Alan. She was in 131 episodes of Futurama, but Damn 98 it. episodes of King of the Hill. Oh, so, I would I would have gone for Futurama if you hadn't misled me with your. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, hus- um, the husband is more regular than the wife and kid. Yeah. Right, so. Then we've got Maurice Lamarche, who was Morbo, Le, horrible, gelatinous <laughs> blob. Other characters who talk like this. King of the Hill. <laughs> Futurama. Yeah, 129 Futurama episodes, <gasps> eight episodes of King of the Hill. <laughs> okay, now, David Herman, who voices Scruffy, Wernstrom, all sorts of incidental characters. King of the Hill. Mayor Poopenmeyer. King of the Hill, who? Yeah, King of the Hill. Yeah, you are correct. He was in 119 episodes of Futurama. He was in 146 episodes of King of the Hill. Mm. Right, it's going to start getting trickier now. <laughs> Dawn Lewis. She voiced La Barbara, Hermes' wife, and other characters. King of the Hill. See, she must be black, and there's not that many black characters in King of the Hill, so I'm going Futurama. Yeah, it's set in Texas. <laughs> uh, you're right, 15, 15 episodes of Futurama, two King of the Hill. <gasps> right, Phil Hendry. Are you familiar with him? Uh, comedian, radio comedian, I believe. He voiced the Free Waterfall family in Futurama. Futurama. So the guy in the the guy in the Poplars episode, the the guy in the Penguins one. Um, I'll go King of the Hill. Yeah, he's in oh! twenty four episodes of King of the Hill against <laughs> seven episodes of Futurama. <laughs> okay, Brittany Murphy, who voiced oh, King I know of the Hill. Fry's, King of the Hill. Fry's uh, girlfriend briefly. She's dead. Isn't yeah, she? King of the Hill. 
<laughs> yeah. She was in 231 episodes of King of the Hill against four episodes of Futurama. Yeah, she was a regular character. Yeah, she she's kind of the main reason that King of the Hill will probably never be revived, sadly. Now we're into the celebrity guests. Pamela Anderson. Uh, King Futurama. of the Hill. Futurama. Calvin is correct. Yes! She was in two episodes of Futurama, one episode of King of the Hill. Yes. She played herself in Futurama, but then she also, while she was in the recording studio, voiced one of the ones that hangs out with Slums Mackenzie <laughs> in that episode. Then we have Lucy Liu. Futurama. No, no, wait. Um, Yeah, yeah, Futurama, yeah. It's got to be Futurama. She's sort of a regular. <laughs> she keeps going back on um, You're both correct. She was in two episodes of Futurama, one of King of the Hill. Again, they just got her to record some lines for posterity's sake when she was in the recording oh, yeah, yeah. booth and then uh okay david cross who voiced yivo king, king of the, the hill. hill uh no futurama he was in two futurama as yivo and uh one episode of king of the hill is a, a witch a, a wiccan uh tara strong uh brony's favorite king of the hill futurama calvin has uh got that one right it's seven episodes of king of the hill mm. she was only in one episode of futurama mm. Uh, as a ballet dancing child. Okay, Chris Elliott, comedian Chris Elliott. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with King his of the Hill. He he voiced V Jiny in Futurama. I'm gonna yeah, King of the Hill. Yeah, it was five five King of the Hill episodes, one Futurama. Mm. Uh, you know Chris Elliott. Um, he's in Groundhog Day. Yeah, he's in Groundhog and Day. And one of the scary movie films he's in. Oh. He's the guy who goes, take my strong hand. Oh, yeah. Scary Movie 3, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, scary Movie 2, yeah. Okay. Karen Maruyama. I don't know who that is, but... Future. <laughs> King of the Hill. You're both wrong. It's a draw. She was in one episode of each. Trick <laughs> question. Wait, wait, we yeah. could have both been right as well as wrong. <laughs> You're a glass, glass half empty kind of person, aren't you? So. <laughs> okay. Paulie Shaw. Comedian Paulie Shaw. Voiced himself in Futurama. Yeah. Futurama. Uh, King of the Hill. Uh, you're both wrong, it's a draw. He was in one episode of each. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Futurama. Uh, it's a trick question. Yeah, he's not been in any of them. It's a trick question, he was in one of each. He, he voiced himself in Futurama on the um, Supreme Court Justice, whatever they're called, he's part of the Supreme Court. And he was in King of the Hill as a pimp. I'm not, I'm not really sure about how this quiz is organised. It feels like we started with all the Futurama regulars and then sort of slowly trickled into the King of the Hill regulars. Yeah, and maybe, now I, maybe like... I should have mixed it up a bit. <laughs> it's, it's like you just went down the IMDB lists. Or something. There's, well, there's one left, okay. and Calvin, you are one point behind Alan. <gasps> here, so how did that happen? You, you can... <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. But... To make it sound interesting. <laughs> so... Can, can I have a chance to go first? Before Alan jumps in. Yeah, go on okay. then. Yes. John Goodman. <gasps> John Goodman is the voice of Robot Santa. Oh, God. I know there were a couple of Robot Santa episodes. Uh, I remember that there was a big controversy about the first Robot Santa episode because were the Fox executives were really nervous that it was going to cause outrage or something and they had it at a later time slot and then... That's the society- uh, second one, actually. But... Oh, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> society didn't fall and then they felt they could air it. And it- I'm going to go Futurama. Sorry, I was doing like, you know, you know, like on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire when they get asked a question and then they can't just give you an answer. <laughs> they have to like, walk through the... Oh, but then, oh no, but wait a minute. Sorry, no, he's a proper... Because uh, he's like wanna, a perfectly... I'm going to go the opposite of whatever Calvin says for the oh, sake of competition. I'm going to say Futurama. But I think I might the be answer right is... Wrong. Uh, you're both wrong. Uh, <laughs> he was in one episode of each. Uh. 
um, he was Robot Santa in one episode, but uh, what's it called John DiMaggio took over for subsequent Robot Santa episodes. It's cheaper, I suppose. But he does sound, he's, you know, quite an easy voice to imitate. John Goodman! No, I can't do it. John DiMaggio can do it, though. <laughs> That's your Kelsey Grammer impression. <laughs> can either of you guys do John Goodman? He's kind of like no. I, I he's got can't even do it. these days. He's got that gravel that Not you can't yet. really fake. You got to just have the age yeah. to do it. Yeah, give it ten years. <laughs> that, that's a talking llama. What are we doing with this talking llama? No, that's nothing like John Goodman. <laughs> talking llama. I'm doing. Was that Jimmy Stewart? Yeah, I'm doing Emperor's New Groove. Oh, oh. He's trying to channel his character. He's trying to channel Patcher. He's doing Patrick Warburton. Hey, hey, um, <laughs> Billy Crystal, you and I, we're friends. We've got to look after this girl. <laughs> shall, we, shall we talk a bit about the film? Probably should, shouldn't we? What about Beavis and Butthead in space? Huh? I mean, again, I'd, I'd enjoy it, but it's just <laughs> a complete betrayal of the... Uh, <laughs> The character, but they could have them go and hang out with the the little astronaut, the MTV guy who <laughs> opens the film. <laughs> oh, I just so, remembered something. Speaking of film yeah. openings, um, there was a Marvel comic series of Be- Beavers and Butthead. Did you know that? Um, I think I've seen something about it in the past and completely forgotten about it. Hmm. So we could do a Marvel uh, interpretation of Beavers and Butthead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cinematic universe. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Iron Man gives them a great new TV and, uh, I don't know, it well, yeah, writes itself. Oh, God. I Yeah, Iron Man, but it's voiced by Mike Judge as Tom Anderson, Hank Hill, <laughs> going, Whoa! <laughs> they, they give Beavis... They, they somehow confuse Beavis and Butthead. Beavis and Butthead are bitten by a radioactive spider <laughs> and get powers, so Iron Man takes takes them under his wing and gives them, like, a spider suit, and then they just... Now this is just turning into that god-awful Kevin Smith thing. Um, Blunt Man and Chronic, the movie, or whatever it's called. <laughs> that. One of the biggest piles of shit I've ever seen. Have you seen that, Alan? Well, no, I haven't. Seen, I've, I mean, I know the the characters and whatever, but I haven't oh, seen the actual. God, it's it's so <laughs> bad. It feels like Kevin Smith wrote it on a napkin. Like it just it doesn't. That's quite possible. I, it, it it's the worst thing he's ever done. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it <laughs> like is it what is it feature length? Are we. Yeah, it's it's a feature length. He wrote this thing about Blunt Man and Chronic. It's a superhero parody. They become superheroes. He handed it to like one guy, I think, who like animated the entire thing. I think Tara Strong shows up at one point, and that's like a big special guest. Mark Hamill's probably in it, <laughs> and uh, it's fucking awful. <laughs> like one of them turns into like a cock who, in fact that might be the villain, is just like a, a cock who comes on people as like his power. It's just, it's it's the most puerile shit. It's awful. Um. It's, it, like I say, it's, it's the worst thing Kevin Smith's ever done. And I mean, I quite like Kevin Smith, but it's... That's still saying something. It, yeah, it, it, it just, it feels like he had to, it feels like he did one draft and he had to complete it in half an hour. What's it called? Whilst whilst high. Let me let me look it up. Cause I, it's it's something like Blunt Man and Chronic, the movie or something. Uh, <laughs> like I say, Kevin Smith is the credited writer. It's not like it's not like he came up with the idea and pitched it. You know, sent it off to someone else to to 
right for him. It, it should be better than it is. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob super groovy cartoon movie. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, I haven't I haven't seen it now. I'm going to have to watch it, though. <laughs> it's very bad. Calvin, you should watch it and mm. just see how good you've got it with Beavis and Butthead Do America. <laughs> I didn't hate Beavis and Butthead Do America. I just, I was, you know... <laughs> Six out of ten. That's all right. That's pretty good from from Calvin. What do you mean from me? <laughs> that's quite a high score from you. Is it six? Yeah. Oh. I thought I was the friendly one of. Um... No, you're always you're always <laughs> like, oh, I love this film. I I I thought it was great. Yeah, that was good, solid film. And then then I'm like, right, what do you give it out of ten? And you're like, oh yeah, six. <laughs> and it's like, oh. Well, six okay. six is the six is the nothing. Anything lower than that is objectionable. Right, we're catching up now. Slightly more recent episode than these other ones was uh, the lads did a big episode about it. Stephen King's clown spooky-tacular story. At the end of that recording there, the lads, they went off on an absolutely ridiculously huge tangent for about 40 minutes chatting about Mr. Blobby and the Chuckle Brothers and other bloody quote-unquote clowns. I mean... If you ask me, they're not real clowns, Chuckle Brothers and bloody Mr. Blobby. They're not clowns. Clowns, that, that's like my cousin Clown Bond from Octopushy. That's a clown. Not bloody Chuckle Brothers, I swear. Dear oh dear. There's a clown yeah. serial killer, killer in the 2003 Rob Zombie film House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, well, there we go. Oh, I would have thought clown. they'd necessarily count. About, yeah, what's his name? Um, Sid Haig. I haven't seen it. Well, Sid Haig sort of puts makeup on. No. Uh, Twisty the Clown, a character in the television series American Horror Story. I said that one. All right. I'm Were just reading a list. I'm not really... <laughs> it's, not, it's normally us that don't listen to your pictures, not the other way around. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, the most famous professional wrestling depiction of an evil clown was Doink the Clown, a persona originated in 1992 <laughs> by professional wrestler Matt Osborne. Oh yeah, this list of clowns in films is like Laurel and Hardy and yeah, it's Peter got slim Sellers pickings on. That's why I, I've, I've moved on. The three Stooges. I've moved on to evil yeah. clowns. That's it. So uh, that's why I'm in a different. Ah. Benny Hill, Charlie Chalk. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Charlie oh, I Chalk. completely forgot about Charlie Chalk. Yeah, he had a chain of pubs, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Bubbles the clown from the BBC <laughs> test cards. <laughs> Oh, is Mr. Blobby a clown? No, not a proper clown. Or is he like a clown, space no, alien? He's an alien. Blobby, Blobby, Blobby. <laughs> what is Mr. Blobby? Let's have a look. <laughs> Mr. Blobby, I wonder if any of our American listeners, or I- indeed international listeners, know what Mr. Blobby is. Well, do we need to explain what <laughs> Noel Edmonds is first? It might be difficult. <laughs> what, what is uh, Mr. Well, Blobby, actually? Because I, I, he is an alien, isn't he? Doesn't he come out of a spaceship in the music video? <laughs> For his hit I'm just reading up on him now. I mean, should we explain properly? It was a. Oh, he's got a wife. It was a character on a TV show, but like. It, yeah, what, what's the American equivalent? How do you describe Noel's house party before we start? <laughs> well, it's kind of like a. If you just say a British like tonight with David Letterman. Well, that, no, that doesn't. No, that doesn't like... explain it all because it was. <laughs> Much more family oriented. It is. They they hear British and they think, yeah, British humour. It's all. No, weird. it's on at like half past seven on a Saturday it. afternoon, Saturday evening, and basically it was mm. Noel Edmonds who's just like his sort of friendly radio turned TV presenter, and then Mister Blubby was a character that was like a man in a a sort of pink costume that looked like a big <laughs> sort of dildo, like a full body mascot. <laughs> yeah, 
like a sports mascot, yeah. And he just sort of runs around going, blobby, yeah. blobby, blobby. And for some reason, this became a popular sensation. He's a bit like a Teletubby. <laughs> and he was just like the mascot of this show, but he, then he had a single... He had a number one, Christmas number one in 1993. For, uh, he, he doesn't speak, but, you know, there were people singing. Well, he does. He, he says blobby, blobby, blobby. Oh, yeah, he does say blobby, blobby, blobby. Uh, let's see. Wikipedia page for Mr. Blobby. <laughs> Although popular in Britain, the character came to attract substantial criticism. <laughs> Doesn't elaborate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, God. Look, look on his Wikipedia page, right? And on the right, there's a little info box. It has first appearance, 21st November, 1992, Noel's mm. house party, uh, blah, 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 blah. Spouses, Mrs. Blobby, children, <laughs> baby Blobby, brackets, son, nationality, <laughs> British. Oh, so he's not an alien then? Well, apparently not, no. Is he a clown, though? What is it? What about, I mean, the Chuckle Brothers, they're basically clowns, aren't they? Oh, I love the Chuckle Brothers. (laughs) No, they are good. The Chuckle Brothers, for you Americans, is the longest running, I think, sitcom of all time by episode count, live action, is that correct? It's certainly the longest. No, it can't running some American uh, series. It's the the longest running British sitcom by episode count. I think it's the longest running British, not scripted British show ever made, like by There's episode count, not counting soap operas. Two episodes, and by American standards, that's you know that they're must all, have been. I mean, how many was? was the they're all exactly the same, anyway. So it's... <laughs> no, they're not in the in the early eighties. Well, they're not all exactly the same. In the last, like in one of the later series, they got a time machine and they were like doing these weird prolonged story arcs with them going to like visit the Scarlet Pimpernel and stuff. It got really weird <laughs> and elaborate <laughs> towards the end. How do you? I think I think it's run more than uh, Last of the Summer Wine, which is generally pointed to as our longest running sitcom. Yeah, that, that was running for forty mm. years or something. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't make nearly three hundred episodes like the Chuckle Brothers. They did. made nearly two hundred episodes. Think... Well, that's that's a hundred fewer than the Chuckle Brothers. Mm. Oh no, no! Oh, number of episodes Last of the Summer Wine two hundred and ninety-five. Wow. Oh, they beat the Chuckle Brothers by like three or something. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> You take your Chuckle Brothers and... I thought you liked the Chuckle Brothers a minute ago, Calvin. What's... I do, I do love them, but <laughs> I'm just getting annoyed that them? you were so adamant that they were the longest running series on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> well, they feel like it, if you've ever watched one. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know what the Chuckle Brothers are, um, they were these two old men. <laughs> who... And they were old in 1978, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Uh... And their whole their whole shtick was that they would carry things, <laughs> <laughs> and one of them would say to me, and the other one would say to you. Right, no, guys, this is this is important because I've just discovered that the Chuckle Brothers are not the only brothers of their family. No, there's four of them. There are two. <gasps> there are two other brothers, older oh brothers, gosh. who were also a double act known as the Patton Brothers. The Patton Brothers. Yeah. Is that because their name is Patton? No. <laughs> oh, okay. The surname's Elliot. So the Chuckle Brothers' older brothers are the same thing, but less successful. They do pantomime Aww. from the look of it. Well, you know. And they would Probably appear as the brothers of the, the Chuckle ch- Brothers. The, the <laughs> Chuckle, Chuckles Brothers Brothers. Well, it says they made regular appearances in Chuckle Vision. Chuckle Vision is the actual name of the show, by the way, not Chuckle Brothers. When we every time we say Chuckle Brothers ran for this long, it was they're the they're the two in the TV show called Chuckle Vision. This is brilliant. Um, okay, Jimmy, who is the eldest of the brothers, he's now eighty-five. <laughs> In September 2015, Jimmy became engaged to a 25-year-old Chucklevision fan he had met on Facebook. Oh. 
<laughs> they got married April 15th of this year. There's a newspaper article in the Yorkshire she's Post. After that, she's after that chuckle fortune. Imagine, <laughs> I'm sorry, imagine being a 20-year-old Chucklevision fan and you don't even bag one of the real brothers. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to do it, like, you know, go, go for Barry or Paul. Oh, Paul and Barry were not at the wedding. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> It's funny, though, the Chuckle Brothers do have Operation U Tree written all over them, but uh, not a sniff of controversy there. <laughs> no, I know. Well, I, I've, I, I don't... Yeah, I reckon they're clean. Yeah. I, you, it's a shame you can't look at people like that in this day and age without questioning it, but <laughs> I think well, when the right. brother is marrying a 25-year-old... <laughs> yeah, but that's all above board. They're 20. I reckon oh, that yeah, but... one of them got embroiled in a scandal because he was in, like, an affair with a fan's mother. But I reckon that's, that's as far as it goes with the Chuckles. Yeah, yeah, and that's fine, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. it's... An adult woman, that's uh, fine. If they want to cheat on the husband with a chuckle brother. Ooh, imagine being <laughs> his wife leaves you the for a chuckle cuckold. brother. That'd be chuckled. And on that note, <laughs> shall we stop? Nothing of the last half hour is entirely usable. Yeah, no. Oh, here we go. Operation U-Tree. The Chuckle Brothers attended the trial of Dave Lee Travis, who had been accused mm. of molesting a stagehand while performing at a theatre in Crawley during the early 1990s. The trial had been part of Operation U-Tree. Travis had been performing with the duo when the incident had occurred. However, the brothers could not recall such an attack taking place. Paul stated that it was complete shock that such an attack had occurred in their presence. Hmm. <laughs> mm. Oh, they'll get them one day. No, I mean that's the first place you'd look in. If if they if they haven't come out yet, then that's that's that. They're, if if you haven't gotten by now, they're clean. And the same goes for Timmy Mallet. <laughs> the large after it, they had a whole string of bloody horror episodes. It was bloody terrifying, if you ask me. And one of them was about child's play, those Chucky movies with them bloody that bloody ginger doll. And uh, here here's a little clip they have from there where they're chatting about people named Charles. I thought you were going to do the same thing as me, actually, Saul. I was, uh, yeah. I thought, yeah, the Andy Andy connection was going to yes. brought up sooner. Such a rare name. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Andy McDowell arrives <laughs> off the toy store. Handy Andy from the uh, changing rooms. <laughs> That's the only two Andys we can think of. Andy McDowell and Andy from changing rooms. <laughs> Andy Peters. <laughs> He's the guy who does the competitions on um, Good Morning Britain where he like runs up to middle-aged housewives who are trying to get the kids ready for school and he's like, you've just won a thousand pounds. And they're like, oh my God. <laughs> what, what, what are you doing with your thousand pounds? We're going to Disneyland. They always go to Disneyland anyway. <sighs> Andrew Marr. Okay, what about um, famous people... Andrew Jackson. Famous people called Charles. Go. Lee Ray. Exactly, yeah. Who else? Dickens. <laughs> Charles Ray? Dickens. Darwin. Dickens. Too old. I want I want modern Charles's. Darwin. <laughs> that's, that's the same era as Dickens. <laughs> Charles. Uh Berry. Chuck Berry. <laughs> Prince Charles. Charles Prince Charles. Well he was I assume he was Charles Chuck Berry, <laughs> wasn't he? And... Well, yeah, Charles Berry. I feel like there should be more famous Charles's that are still alive. Char- Char- Charlton Brooker? Charlie Brooker? Does that count? Charlton? Charlie Charlie. See, Charlie, that's your modern take on Charles. Charles is an old-fashioned name, isn't it? <sighs> shall, I, shall I do my pitch? <laughs> yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. Let me down with your knowledge of Charles's. 
Charles Finster from the Charles, Rugrats. Charles S. Dutton out of Alien 3. Ah. Charles Launton. <laughs> Charles Charlton Heston. <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry, Sol, your pitch. Lashed up, you lads. You might remember the lads, they did a big old episode for Halloween about the Blair Witch Project. Well... Here's a cut bit where they go off on a bit of a tangent about funfair metaphors comparing each film in the trilogy to like a roller coaster and shit like that. The third one is a, a, a really quite um, thrilling adrenaline ride. It's a different kind of scare. It's more of a, a jump scare kind of thing, but that's fine. And I think it's very mm. effective at doing that as well. I did, even the third one, I didn't think overly relied on that idea. They they threw a couple of jumps in there, but I don't think that was to its detriment. And I think it essentially it it did what the first one did. Yeah. In terms of like the running around in the dark and oh my god, what's over there? Yeah, but the the, the third mentality. one's much more of a tense, like I say, roller coaster ride. It's not about atmosphere and and uh, mm. leaving you thinking, what the hell was that? That's so creepy. It's more about oh shit, mm. this thing's chasing this person. Run away. Are we going to get away in time? Ah, what's that? Run, run, run. It's it's much more of a like I say, it's more of a roller coaster ride than a. It's a difference between a haunted uh, house, house of uh, yeah. spooky <laughs> ride and uh, uh, an M R James short <laughs> being read to you. It's mm. and the uh, and the second one is uh, the house of mirrors. <laughs> 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 that's just a bit shit and uh, they're, trying to, they're trying to claim that it distorts reality the second one is the house of horrors experience at Blackpool Pleasure Beach if you've ever been to there <laughs> have you ever been? no it's oh god does the proprietor oh, follow oh, you around no, and you go, honestly. T- explain to you how nothing is quite what he intended <laughs> and how he's got this other attraction that he likes a lot no more, honest to god but, it's uh... amazing you, you go there there's an old man who presumably owns it and just sits there every day and and he, his whole job on the front is just to to lower expectations and there's look there's several big <laughs> signs up that say no refunds and he says he says you just you go in you go in you just walk around dead quick just a quid. It's just a bit of fun. It's just a bit of fun. It's just a quid. You go in, you walk around, you come out, <laughs> that's it. And he says that about ten times to everyone as they're going in. And you agree to go in, you walk up the stairs, there's some broken, like, polystyrene-ish monsters, there's some broken, like, fiberglass things, there's there's a, a, a vampire in one of the later rooms that tries to lift up out of his coffin, but sort of stutters and falls back. It's, <laughs> it's like, nothing works. It's really shit but it's like hilariously shit if you're uh, an ironic hipster like me <laughs> so that's the second one but it's it's worth a quid if you're gonna get an ironic laugh out of it so yeah quid what can you get for a quid these days eh? Blair Witch 2 actually uh, from the charity shop that's that's why I paid for it you found it in a charity shop yeah the two disc special edition yeah well one pound well nice I wouldn't have thought that enough people would have bought it that it would end up in a charity shop. What can you get for it? Can you sell it? Uh, I can probably get less than a pound. Uh... <laughs> that that was your episode for the week. Hope you enjoyed that nice selection of memories there, kind of false memories, because you never heard that before. They, they're familiar, and you think, oh, I have heard that before. That sounds familiar, that does. Like an old familiar pal. But it's, it's actually a con man. It's, it's a guy who's come in pretending to be an old pal that you haven't seen in 20 years. And he's not actually him. 
he's just there, he's trying to, he's trying to steal your bloody life and your account and your, your checkbooks and your bank information and he'll bleed you dry. Get out while, you're st while you still can. Get out! Aye! Donkey! Aye, so, hope the lads are back next week, they ought to be. Until next time, Bond fans, Ajaya Gajimish. Never again, I swear. These lads, I swear. They don't pay me enough to come in doing this shit for them every bloody time. When they can't be bothered to bloody well get their own fucking episodes together. It's fucking out of the ages. I, I, I'm, I'm not bloody doing this again at this bloody short notice. Bloody hear me there.